Hello, John Vertigan here, and welcome to my brand new podcast, I Was a Teenage Prize Big. Jonathan Vertigan from Glen Waverley is on the line. Jonathan Vertigan from Glen Waverley. Jonathan Vertigan of Glen Waverley. You got 50 bucks, John. Jonathan Vertigan, Jonathan Vertigan. Jonathan Vertigan. G'day, John. I've been working in the radio industry for 29 years now, but before I got in, I was a teenage prize pig. I grew up in a radio family. My dad, John Vertigan Sr., was a big name in Melbourne radio. He was the racing coordinator at 3UZ. And we'd have radios on in every room of the house. So growing up, radio was absolutely everywhere for me, and I grew a love for it. And I grew a love for ringing up radio stations and fleecing them of cash, records, CDs, videos. I even won a trip to the USA to see you 2 live in concert from the bloke I'm about to talk to. Best part about it is, or probably the worst part for me because it's pretty cringy, being such a radio nerd, I would record the winnings on my little ghetto blaster and I found that audio recently and I'm going to share it with you for the podcast, I Was a Teenage Prize Pig. So each week I'll share with you a piece of audio and as part of the episode I will track down the announcer who gave me the prize and will formally apologise to them for my actions as a prepubescent radio nerd who I dare say made their life a bit of a misery at the time. I know from being on the other side of the microphone that prize pigs are pretty bloody annoying and I can only imagine that they were cursing this little shit from Glen Waverley that was starting to make a living out of winning. Okay, let's get on with episode number one. At the age of 14, I rang up Fox FM in Melbourne for their free money birthday competition and I won $500. That was a pretty big deal for a 14-year-old and 500 bucks in 1988 was significant. This was my first ever prize pig moment. Kevin Hillier on Fox FM Breakfast with the free money birthday. The Fox FM morning crew was massive. Kevin Hillier, Dennis O'Kane, Diane Dunleavy, of course, Dennis and DD now at AW. Each morning, Kevin and the Fox morning crew would read out a birth date at 10 past seven. Now, I would listen every morning. And when March 28 was read out... I rushed to the phone and rang 11505, which was quite a simple contest line back in the day. And this happened. The Fox Free Money Birthday Giveaway. Fox FM, good morning. Hello, is that the Free Money Birthday? It certainly is. Yes, I was. My birthday's the 28th of March. Oh, it's not, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, come on, you're pulling my leg. It's an April, early April Fool's Day joke, isn't it? No, it certainly isn't. No, come on, it is, isn't it? Um, so you are born on the 28th of March. Yep, yep. How old will you be this year? Pardon? How old will you be this year? 14. 14? Yep. And $500 richer. Oh, fantastic. All right. No, 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 this is not. No, I'm, I'm now not pulling your leg, I promise. I got 500 bucks for you in the free money birthday contest. What, what's your name? Jonathan. Jonathan? Yep. Where are you from, Jonathan? Glenwaverly. Well, you got yourself that 500 bucks. Spend it wisely. The Fox Free Money Birthday Giveaway. Prizes awarded on verification of identity and birth date. If proper ID is not available, an alternative winner will be selected from registered runners-up. 
for your next chance to win with your birthday. Lock it in on 101.9 Fox FM. Oh, my Lord. Kevin Hillier, <laughs> I am very sorry for making your life difficult by phoning you up, winning prizes from you throughout that late 80s period. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious me. I sounded 14. Um, you did not. <laughs> Hello, John. Uh, wow, that's, uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Goodness gracious me. Little Jonathan from Glen Waverley, <laughs> who did become something of a nemesis uh, in, in coming months, I can tell you. Well, it's, um, your, it's your fault. You, you started it all that, uh, that morning in, in 1988. Tell me about that period at the Fox. What are your memories of your time at the Fox? In the, It was the Nunna Wadding studio, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I used to park uh, right near Lasseter's. Um, the, uh, my, my car park was around the back and as I got out of my car I looked across to the swimming pool in Lassiter's and then I walked from there around the back of the building and past the uh, entryway to Prisoner um, there was a big sign that had the, the Prisoner thing up the top of it and then into the back entrance of Fox it was like a little rabbit warren Fox in those days it was a, like an, a, uh, an add-on uh, part of the, the building at, uh, at Channel 10 and we used to go in the Channel 10 cafe all the time and you'd walk in there and there'd be young talent time people and neighbours people and um, it, was, it was a fabulous time. It was 50k from my front door of my house to the fr- front gate of, uh, of Fox. So it was a it was a fair drive every morning. But, yeah, from uh, uh, from Hoppers Crossing, which you, you still are a Hoppers yeah, yeah, boy still today. Live here. Yeah, yeah, still live, still live. I'm not the same house, but still live in the same suburb. Because um, when I got off of the job, the first thing Greg Smith said to me. It's 50K. I said, what's 50K? I, I thought, is that, that what you're offering me as a, as a salary? <laughs> he said, no, it's 50K from your front door to the front uh, gate of the radio station. I said, is that right? He said, yeah, we checked. He said, it's, it's not a long drive. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. You'll never notice it. But, um, they, were, look, they were good days. They were really good days, really successful days for the, for the radio station because just been bought by the new owners uh, and within a year of buying it, it became the number one station in Melbourne. We became the number one breakfast show in Melbourne. And uh, the on-air careers of, uh, of Grubby went from, uh, you know, from where he was. He came across from 3XY and joined us. DD emerged out of the newsroom. Dennis O'Kane, who'd been around for a while already, he, he emerged. Um, so uh, our, our comedy writing team that used to do bits and pieces for us was Ian McFadgen, um, Mick Malloy, uh, Jason Stevens. Uh, so we, we, had, we had terrific people, a really good bunch of people, and, and the people at the radio station... Uh, at first were not all that welcoming, but then became uh, fantastic and it became a really good team, really good team of people. But on air, it was we had fun. We had a lot of fun. How different was Metro Radio in 1988 compared to today? Oh, well, it became... Radio became very compartmentalised somewhere in the 90s where everyone got an office for each show and you turned into a little silo where you just looked after yourself. Back in 1988... We had announcers meetings and uh, everyone would come in for the announcers meeting, whether you were the breakfast jock and it was being held at three o'clock in the afternoon or you were the, the nighttime jock and it was being held at 10 o'clock in the morning. So there was, a real, there was more of a, I think, more of a team spirit in actual terms of what you, you actually saw the person, the other people that were on air. Um, and there was a real buy-in from the staff and I, don't, I haven't seen that a lot, um, even though I am seeing it at the station I'm working at in Geelong at the moment, even albeit I'm a casual there, um, they're very much a, a, a big family team, but you, it, it's hard to see that in some of the capital city radio stations these days. Here's another one for you. 
Uh, speaking of hot, uh, a $100 brashes voucher up for grabs. And Jonathan from Glen Waverley is uh, first to have a go. Morning, Jonathan. G'day, Kevin. How are you? Oh, look, I'm fine. Yourself? Oh, I'm pretty good, thanks. You have a very famous surname. Are you related to, um, to John? Yes, I'm his son. This is John Vertican's son. John Vertican's son. There you go. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I heard an old, uh, what would we call them, air checks of tape. your tape of your, uh, of your dad back in 1963. You did? When he was on 3UZ. Right. H how old are you, uh, Jonathan? I'm 14. 14. You weren't even a twinkle in your dad's eye then. Oh, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and on the tape, there was uh, John uh, just um, became a daddy. So obviously it wasn't you. It must be. You've got an older brother, have you? I've got an older brother and two older sisters. Ah, there we go. Right, there you go. The Vertican family tree is coming to you live here on the Fox, but now what we want to do actually is uh, the secret song. Jonathan, now listen carefully. Here's the musical clue. What's your guess? Is it Forever Young by Rod Stewart? No, it's not, unfortunately. Ah. Say good day to your dad for us, Jonathan. Thanks no for worries. calling. Thanks, Kevin. So you never know. We've got to be nice to the opposition. Might, uh, might need a job <laughs> one day. Good morning, Laurie. How are you? Racing. <coughs> Very well, mate. Racing. <laughs> Racing. That's all right, Laurie. That's uh, Kevin uh, acting the goat again this morning. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. The secret song, Kevin. The secret song. Uh, a, good, a cute little competition that we had. Beat the bomb and the secret song and free money birthday. All those things. They were really good competitions for their time, I thought. And a $100 brashes voucher. That uh, that would never go astray. Oh, that's something I do Not need to ask. Please, that Mr. Vertigan. <laughs> What was that secret song? I've no idea. Nigel Haynes used to put them together in the production area, and Nigel was Nigel was a saddest. Uh, he could he could turn ten songs into five point three seconds, and he'd be able to go, yeah, that's painted black, that's uh, satisfaction, that, and he could do it. And you go, I can't hear anything, and all I can hear is. Bloop, bloop. He's an incredible mind and an incredible audio engineer is Nigel still at uh, Gold 104.3 in Melbourne today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he's a good fellow, Nigel. Very talented musician as well as being a very talented uh, producer. No. Of course, he was part of Dave and the Dero. Nice legs, shame about the face. That's the one. Kev, That's the absolute one. Roxat was a national show that you hosted at night time through Fox, Two Day, B105, SAFM and a host of regionals and artists would join you in the studio and you'd take calls from around the country. Essentially it was the, I guess, the first taste of FM networking in Australia. That would have been a buzz. Yeah, oh, that was great. That was a terrific show. Um, nearly killed me doing it because I was doing breakfast at the time as well yeah. and then doing that and we, we spent a lot of time in the lead-up to the very first show, which was Jimmy Barnes, uh, getting it all together and doing doing rehearsals and pilots and run-throughs because no-one had done that technology where people, whether you're in Kalgoorlie or Mandurah or Rockhampton or, you know, Glen Waverley, uh, called in and, and spoke to Sting or spoke to whoever. Uh, so no-one had kind of done that. Uh, so we, we had, had, a, had to make sure that that was right because we had a, you know, national show, big stations big sponsors, so it had to be right. And uh, we spent a lot of time making sure it was right. And, it, and we actually technically never really had any problems. Uh, but it was, it, was a, it was a great show. We did 199 shows, of which I did 196. I think Mark Irvine might have done three uh, when I went away to America one year. But uh, And we had everybody on it. Some I'd even forgotten about. We had David Bowie on it, um, coming out of Japan or somewhere at one stage. And we'd often have uh, someone in a studio in London... Uh, in the US with a, an Alice Cooper or someone, and then, of course, we had all the local Aussie acts who used to come in and, and play live um, as, as a bonus. We did, we did the launch of John Farnham's Chain Reaction album from the, uh, from the Armstrong Studios, and he and the band actually played about four or five songs live. So 
Yeah, it was pretty groundbreaking for its time. It was sort of nighttime radio with phones and stuff from all over the country. It was uh, I, I loved it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was very... I still to this day don't know how the hell I got picked to do it, but I did. And we even jumped networks and I still kept the show. We went, went at the end of 1989 when I moved from Fox to Triple M. The show came with me, which was you know, quite, Gee, quite unbelievable at the time. That is an achievement, isn't it? I, I do recall getting on Rockset a couple of times. I can't, I can't find the audio. <laughs> But See, you, you had it nailed because you, you sounded bright, you were happy, you always knew the announcer's name, so you ticked the boxes of the things that announcers, when you pick the phone up and you go, uh, you know, hello, Fox FM or 3XY or uh, whatever it is, uh, and it goes, G'day, Kevin, how you going? Uh, and you go, ah, knows my name, good, perfect, uh, sounds bright and happy. And, yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is, in those days you had three or four minutes to record the call and get it to air, get it ready to go to air, usually at the end of that three-minute song. So you didn't have time to muck around and go through and find 100 different people and pick one out. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Jenny Morris. Uh, I, I got on to speak to Jenny Morris, but I was more excited about the buzz of being on the air and, and speaking to you. I had to, once I got through, I, I vividly recall thinking, shit, what am I going to ask Jenny Morris? <laughs> And I reckon, I reckon there's a lot of people did that because um, you get the, yeah, g'day, uh, Bill, how you going? Yeah, what's your question for Sting? Uh, 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 go, oh, God, ask him a bloody question, wouldn't you, for God's sake? They get all tongue-tied either by a, being on the air or see the fact that they were talking to Julian Lennon or someone and go, wow, this, this is me talking to Julian. Or you, you can imagine them with their three mates in the other corner and go, it's me, I'm on, I'm talking to Julian Lennon, you're beauty. Uh, you, you went from the Fox to Triple M, as, as you just mentioned, and you anchored the Degeneration uh, breakfast program. Uh, some of the members you would have worked with at the Fox? Yeah, only Mick. Mick, uh, Mick came into me in October of October or November of, of 89 and said, I'm leaving. And I said, yeah, because he'd been doing the late show with them uh, over, at, uh, over at Channel 9 at that mm. stage. And he said, I'm going to join the DGN full-time. And Triple M had already started talking to me. trying to. They spent six months trying to get me to leave Fox, and I, I resisted at the start. And then I said, oh, OK, well, you know, good luck to you. It's been terrific, and I know that's what you want to do, so off you go. So he went over there. Um, hadn't really worked with any of the others. I hadn't worked with Jane anywhere. Uh, and Tom, Santo, Rob uh, and Tony, Tony Martin, uh, they, were all, they were all new to me. So I walked into a studio full of people who... I really didn't know. Um, they really they they were at that position where the only reason that they wanted me really to be part of the team was because a that was the way Triple M got them to stay for an extra couple of years because they took all the the drudgery of the radio part of it off their hands and said just go and write funny stuff and come in and do that and you'll <laughs> be fine. Um, so I wasn't I was sort of a buffer to be able for them to stay for a couple of years. It, it bought Gracie who was the PD at that stage some time to be able to work out what the hell he was going to do when they actually left because they'd become... Uh, they hadn't... We didn't get to number one until after I got there because um, I'd beaten them, actually, at, mm -hmm. at Fox for a couple of years. But they were they were emerging as, you know, going to be a, a, a rampant comedy team. They just needed something. And fortunately, I was part of that little something that, that came in and softened them off a little for enough people to go, oh, yeah, they're not radical university, um, you know... Uh, dropouts who are all, uh, you know, doing the university human, oh, I don't understand. <laughs> um, the, so people people embraced them and then the television thing happened for them and they went whack. So it was good fun. 
I won a, a trip to Miami, Florida, through your uh, Degeneration Breakfast Show. Okay. <laughs> uh, I won a U2, I think it was a Zuropa CD on the weekend and went into the Monday morning draw for the trip to the US, which I won. I don't have the audio of that, unfortunately, but uh, that that was probably the biggest prize pig moment and uh, shared. Wow. So not only did I share my first prize pig moment with you, Kevin, but my biggest. Yeah, wow. That's uh, that's. I, I actually, confession now, I was a teenage prize pig too. Were you? In Brisbane. Um, when I was growing up, because uh, we, I was born in Melbourne, but we moved to, uh, to Queensland, and I got the radio bug when I was about probably 10 or 11. And I used to sit in the back because we owned a service station. I used to sit in the back uh, in between serving in the cafe and the service station and listen to the radio. And I would be phoning all the time. And Saturday mornings when I was upstairs in my room, I'd be on the upstairs phone because mum and dad didn't know that I was on the phone. And I'd be ringing John Kerr and all these people on here, David White and all these people on here in Brisbane. And I must admit, you won a trip to America and, you know, 500 bucks. And uh, I won, I reckon, in the space of a 12-month period, I reckon I won... Ten six packs of the crappiest singles you've ever seen <laughs> in your life, and I, it wasn't until I got into radio that I discovered where they they came from was what was commonly and lovingly called the shit pile, yeah, uh, the shit box in a radio station where the singles had come in, and you get say twenty singles from festival in any one week, and you go, okay, put the Olivia Newton John one there, put the Barry Crocker one there. Who the hell is that? Put that in the shit box. Uh, then this one here, put that in the shit. So they used to bundle up six or seven of those singles when you would you'd answer a question on a on the Saturday morning show, and uh, you'd get oh yeah we've got a prize pack of singles coming your way, Kev. You go oh fantastic yeah beauty. They'd arrive and you go who's <laughs> who's Linda's father? Who's this one? And you'd never heard of any of them. You had no, absolutely no idea. It was the, uh, the the sort of dregs from the uh, from the crap box. Congratulations on what you're doing now. Howdy Partners Media has an amazing suite of podcasts. We call them a suite of podcasts, suite. don't we? Ew. Including uh, Food Bites uh, with your better half, Sarah. Uh, a, just a, a must-listen-to podcast every week. I listen to you when oh, I'm wa- you. walking the dog. It is very, very entertaining and mouth-watering. You've got The Life of Brian with Brian Mannix, of course, Rock and Roll and a, a host of others. That must keep you busy. Yeah, it does. It's good fun, though. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy... We've done an interview this morning um, uh, with Lisa Miller from the ABC for, uh, for Food Bites, and it was, it was 25 minutes, and it was absolutely thoroughly entertaining. So um, the, the different kinds of people that we get to talk to... I mean, I, I did an interview with Brian earlier in the week with, uh, with Kim Wilde, so we sat and talked to her for half an hour. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, Mickey Dolan's from The Monkees we talked to the other week, which was like a silly, giddy fanboy moment for me and Brian... Because we're both huge monkeys fans, so and I've really, I've really enjoyed it, and it's been uh, they're interesting. It's a different space podcasting. You can get away with a lot more, um, <laughs> as as anyone who's listened to the current edition of the Life of Brian podcast with Dave Gleason will know. <laughs> right, um, it's it's you can be you can be raunchy, you can do all that stuff. I don't I don't like the fact that a lot of people use that as an excuse just to to do that. If it's entertaining and it's funny, go for it. Mm. Um, but don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Um, it's an interesting area of podcasting. I really like it. I, I enjoy it because it does give you a bit of cre- creative freedom to do what you want to do and, and just experiment a little bit. Um, I don't like self-indulgent stuff. I don't think I don't think there's any room for that, to be if, honest. If you'd like to have a look at the uh, the suite of podcasts from Kevin and his team, howdypartnersmedia.com.au. Kevin, sorry 
for making your life uh, troublesome back in the late 80s. Oh, no, you weren't troublesome. You were, you were good. See, you, my, my thing always was how it sounded on the air. I, I, I didn't really care if one person won 150 things. There was a couple of celebrated court cases, actually, um, with a few people uh, in the XY days. Uh, who were they were actually professional prize picks. They weren't just on for the for the fun and the thrill of being on the radio and maybe winning a, an LP or whatever it was. They were actually on to make serious money and to make serious prizes and stuff. Now you were fun because you you just you bought into the into how it sounded on the air and the thrill of being on the air and that's that's basically what we all do this for in the end. In in future episodes, three XY will feature on this podcast, as will <laughs> Eon FM with John Peters. You speak about uh, crappy. Are you talking to Johnny? You ta- oh you, goodness me! You talk about the shitbox winning the top eight singles of the night. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't come much better than that. Kevin, sincerely, thank you for your time. It's uh, great to talk radio with you, and you're you're a good man. March twenty eight. So, how old are you this year, Jonathan? Oh, um... <laughs> March 28, 1974, what, what, whatever that is, coming up to 48. So thank you, Kevin, or, or should I say... Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and I should say, thanks, Jonathan. That's how I sounded back then. Good on you, mate. Lovely to talk to you. Next week on I Was a Teenage Prize Pig, this guy. Angel, and who do we have on the phone to try and tell us what number one is? It's John, John. Day, John, John. How are you, mate? Oh, not bad, thanks, John, John. John Peters from Eon FM slash Triple M. Look forward to catching up with him and reminiscing about some old audio when I was a teenage prize pig. Hope you enjoyed episode number one. If you did, give it a nice rating and hit subscribe as well so you don't miss forthcoming episodes. See you next week.